arrived. We are broadcasting Raw Live from my ass. Boom, boom. I'd rather watch two old women slap my ass. <laughs> Woo. That's as tough as a chunk of my ass. Here comes the biggest ass. The big man is back. Jim Ross. 350 pounds here. Say hello to my ass. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the greatest spectacle on earth. My ass. 30 men will enter. My ass. You know what I mean. The most important thing to a tag team is my ass. I totally agree with you, JR. Here you go, King. Kiss my ass. I wish you would jump on top of me, JR. It disgusts me to see my ass. My daughter's nursery rhymes are more aggressive than this. I can't help but look at the butt, JR. What? Welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is August 11th, 2021. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. We're back with our AEW Dynamite Review. This is part of the AEW Dynamic Dynamite Review for the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. I'm Pat. And I'm Joey. If you're new here, be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Totally free. We're on basically every major streaming service. We cover Dynamite Weekly, uh, and you'll also get our Impact Reviews Weekly from Ryan and Angelo. We, uh, we also do cover New Japan on occasion, which we will be doing this weekend for New Japan Resurgence. Um, and we're also most likely going to pair that with a movie review for The Kissing Booth 3 since last no, year we did review no. The Kissing Booth 2. Uh, so if you join us for New Japan Resurgence, you'll be getting the bonus prize of us talking about The Kissing Booth 3, the culmination of Netflix's <laughs> greatest film trilogy to date. Is that the, is that confirmed to be the last one? I believe it is confirmed to be the final one. Ah, interesting. So very exciting stuff there. Um, if you go back on our podcast feed quite a while ago, last summer, you'll find our review for The Kissing Booth 2 paired with um, Talking Shopamania, the first one. Um, is how we paired that together. Oh, true. Uh, so if you're interested, you can go back and find that. Um, but every Wednesday we have Dynamite. Obviously, uh, last week, if you're somebody who subscribed, you know, we didn't put one out. Uh, I was on vacation, so I did not watch Dynamite. Um, but we are back. We're back on our normal schedule. Ryan and Angel's Impact Power Hour is tomorrow night. Um, and then again, New Japan Resurgence is Saturday. Uh, we're coming up close to SummerSlam and All Out, so we'll have reviews for both of those as well. So plenty of content here on the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast, so be sure to subscribe to it on whatever streaming service you're listening to. You can also find us on YouTube. Uh, please feel free and encouraged to subscribe to it there. We post our podcast there. We also post some content on there that's not podcast-related, which we will have a new video up soon. It might be up by the time you're listening to this uh, from Sam doing uh, a pro wrestling podcast. Uh, like mystery box unboxing so that should be fun i have not edited it yet but it is uh i do oh he he filmed it okay he did i do have it i just have to edit it and upload it okay i think that's everything um i feel like it'd be weird to not talk about it since we haven't done a podcast since but there was more wwe releases last week Mm -hmm. um the big names were bronson reed um who uh you uh you sent the tweet that he just put out didn't you yeah, uh, where he basically said, give me Miro. So uh, that would be a match I would like to see. That would be pretty cool. I agree. Uh, Mercedes Martinez was on that list, which is uh, an interesting name 
to say the least from her positioning in NXT. She was also on main roster briefly as part of retribution before being back at NXT. Right. Um, Jake Atlas was an interesting one as was Leon Ruff, former North American champion. Yeah. Um, and one of the people from the diamond mine, uh, which is like a brand new faction for NXT was also released, which just felt weird. <laughs> Tyler rust, right? Yeah. yeah. Tyler rust. Um, also, uh, Ari Sterling, who is Alex Zane, who barely made a, a like <laughs> appearances for WWE. Right. Absolutely bizarre, but this is the way WWE is now. Uh, nobody's safe. So, yeah. Um, I also don't think we've talked about it. I don't think Ryan and Angela might have talked about it. Um, but Bray Wyatt is no longer in WWE. A lot has changed since the last time we did a podcast. Yeah. Bray Wyatt um, was also released. Absolutely bizarre to think that Bray Wyatt, of all people, is a releasable talent for WWE. But, uh, yeah. Do you see him showing up in AEW, or where, where do you see Bray Wyatt landing? Um, Honestly, I think Bray could potentially, like, with his, like, creative mindset and, you know, how good he is as a character, I think he can honestly show up, like, anywhere he would really want, you know? Um, uh, yeah, agreed. Um. I guess, like, the if I'm gonna bet be a betting man, I would say either AEW or Impact. Um, yeah, you're not like Sam who thinks he's gonna he should go to New Japan and do The Fiend. Wait, Sam said that. Were you not there for that? I don't think I was. <laughs> oh, I think it was me, Ryan, and Sam. Sam suggest Sam said, Oh, how cool would it be to see Bray Wyatt in uh New Japan doing his like supernatural gimmick? Okay, maybe not as the fiend, but he would be cool in New Japan. Just not I would as like the to, fiend. yeah, no, I would like to see him just do regular wrestling against like guys like Ishii and like Shingo. That'd be good. He's like a, a good like hoss, but mm-hmm. no, I I do not think the fiend Bray Wyatt would be a good fit for current New Japan product. But who knows? Maybe it would be the shot in the arm they need. Maybe. <laughs> Can you imagine the fiend match in New Japan with the red lights? <laughs> hey man, they did they did Shingo or not Shingo, evil like having the ability to shut lights off and stuff, which was uh oh yeah, yeah as yeah. close as they have gotten, it seems. So um I think Bray would make the most sense in impact. I feel like his uh his character work and stuff is more fitting for impact than it is AEW. Yeah. Um and I feel like if Impact was able to get Bray, that would be a huge get for them. So personally, I would like to see Bray go to Impact. Plus, that wouldn't mean he can't appear in AEW um, since there's the working relationship there. Right. Um, but I think full time, like where his main place should be, I, I would like to see him in Impact. Um, and we also had Ric Flair is no longer with the WWE. He uh, apparently asked from his release or asked for his release from his Legends contract. And now he's gone. Yeah. It was great. So lots of big changes over there in WWE. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what's going on, but no clue. Um, I guess we can. Oh, uh, you know, just just to keep talking before we talk about wrestling, Joey, you watched the Suicide Squad. I did. Yeah, I, I did. also watched it. What were your uh, What were your thoughts? Um, it was um. A step above no i would say like miles <laughs> above the the original one i would agree with that wholeheartedly um like this legit just felt like honestly i mean i put it in my review i think think this was probably my favorite dc film uh uh yeah it's definitely up seen. there for me uh this was like really i gave it four and a half stars this was really like top to bottom fantastic. it was just like entertaining the the comedy was on point 
Um, the action was like crazy gory. Like this, this definitely needed a rated R. Hundred um, percent. Uh, I'm glad it got the rated R because uh, wasn't the first one like PG thirteen. Correct. And I think that hurt it a lot. Um, for like what the Suicide Squad like is, and also I feel like it really stuck to like its comic roots too. Like it felt like like a comic book. Like, you know what I mean? Like, how they were, like, going in between scenes and, like, yeah. doing the little captions and stuff. I, yeah, I was going to say the like captions a comic when book. I was watching. I felt like you were reading a comic book, you know? Ag- agreed. And it also actually kept to the roots of the Suicide Squad, and it made basically everybody except Harley Quinn was, like, killable. Um, right. Like, literally, it felt like the, the, the movie opened and not getting into who dies or whatever. But, um a good portion of the characters in this movie do not make it out alive. And that's yeah, how it was, should be. Yeah. Where, I was a little shocked by that, honestly. Whereas <laughs> so. in the, is in the first movie, the only two people to die are slipknot, who is a character that nobody ever heard of. And his, mm-hmm. his power is that he has a grappling hook. Right. And El Diablo, who is another character that people don't really know, which is fair. He's supposed to be expendable, but his like, his death is not like played for comedy or like shock. It's just like, he makes a sacrifice I feel like part of the fun of this movie is that it can happen to anyone at any time and it's going to be like over the top when they die. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I, I thought they really nailed the um, the violence of it and the, the comedic aspect of it. And there was also like some heart in there too, like with uh, with Bloodsport, Idris Elba's character and Ratcatcher. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Polka Dot Man. And the rats, yeah. <laughs> um, but obviously a reason to talk about this would be there is a wrestler as one of the featured characters. John Cena is Peacemaker. How do you think he did in this, uh, this hard R-rated setting where he was playing a, 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 as... In the group, I'd say he's like the hardest villain in the group. Um, yeah, I mean, him and Bloodsport were pretty much like going at it. it. They were like from the jump, they had like a rival, you know, like a rivalry. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, um, I thought John did good. Yeah, I thought he was. Uh, I'm actually really excited for the uh, the solo uh, series. Agreed. For, for Peacemaker. Uh, agreed. Um, I definitely think John Cena is at his best when he's doing R-rated comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's train wreck blockers or now this, I, I just feel like he just gets it and it works so well because if you're used to John Cena seeing him as like the wrestler, you're used to him being like super family friendly, or if like you saw him in like the Fred movie on Nickelodeon years ago, you're so used to like oh, that God. image of John Cena. So when you see him Remind doing something <laughs> like when you see him doing something like this, it's just so like shocking that it it like adds to the comedy, I think. Yeah, you know, um, kids, kids nowadays are so lucky they didn't have to experience Fred. <laughs> they really uh, are. <laughs> hey, man, don't speak it into existence. Maybe it'll come back. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree. Cena was really good, and I am looking forward to the Peacemaker series. Who was so. your favorite character? Um, probably Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man or yeah, uh, Ratcatcher too. I feel yeah. like those were the two standouts for me. Dude, hundred percent. Like they're just like you know. They were just like I thought. They were just like perfect. Like their characters were just perfect. Like Ratcatcher Two was like so wholesome. Like how how she was with uh, King Shark. Yeah. And then you know Polka Dot Man was just like he had like had his like, like demons and stuff like that. Like what his mom. Like, oh. That stuff was great, dude, dude. The shot of like all of the Suicide Squad in the forest as his mom. <laughs> or when oh. he was dancing on the in the dance floor in the club. In the club. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I also really hope that because uh, originally when Idris Elba was casted in this movie, he was casted as Deadshot, Will Smith's character from the first Suicide Squad. Right. I but then that. they 
changed it to Bloodsport in case Will Smith wants to come back. I hope that seeing the success of this, they decide to do another one. I would really like to see Idris Elba and Deadshot together. Um, like Will Smith and Idris Elba. I feel like that would yeah. be a fun pairing. That would be really cool. Um, so yeah, I'm hopeful that they, uh, I, I would, uh, James Gunn has Guardians of the Galaxy 3 that he has to do. And he, he said that he's going to take a break after that. So hopefully he takes a break. Uh, a much deserved break, and then I would love to see DC bring him back for another Suicide Squad movie because he he definitely gets it. Yeah, hundred so, percent. Um, yeah, okay. So with that all being said, let's move into AEW Dynamite. Uh, it's Rampage week. Uh, throughout the show, they reminded us that we are now in the era of Rampage, as the new show debuts this Friday on TNT at ten o'clock. Right? Is it at ten? I let me check before I say that AW Rampage. Um, do do do. What time does this show start? Uh, does it not say what time it is? 10 p.m. Yeah, Friday's at 10 p.m. Okay, so it's so, 10 to 11. Okay, yeah, it's one hour. You can watch it right after SmackDown. Um, or if you don't watch SmackDown, you can watch it just at 10 p.m. Uh, but yeah, so. Uh, we also know that the commentary booth is, at least for now, a four-man team with Chris Jericho, Mark Henry, uh, Excalibur, and Taz, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting group there. Um, I'll be interested to see what the official lineup is, like, eventually, whenever they settle on, like, three or two men. I would assume yeah, Mark Henry... I'm glad that Taz is on commentary. Agreed. Agreed, agreed. Um, I would assume Mark Henry will be on commentary um or at least mm-hmm. be like a feature part of that show he just kind of seems like that would be a good place to use him jericho i don't see being a permanent one no yeah it's um, just, uh... so i think like mark henry excalibur and taz would be a good team so yeah 100 percent. uh but our first uh thing on this show i missed because i was driving home so um i know that the first match was the trios match was there anything before that or did we just start with that? I think, yeah, it just started with that. Okay, so our trios match was Dante Martin, Matt Seidel, and Mike Seidel versus the Elite, uh, represented by Omega and the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I showed up a couple minutes late into this match, but uh, basically the only thing I really have to say about this is, from what I saw, it was your pretty standard big, like, big spot fest trios match for AEW to open the show, which is... A very smart way to start your shows. Gets the crowd really hyped. Um, but coming out of this, I think the thing that everybody's going to realize is that Dante Martin just had like an absolute star-making performance in this. Um, towards the end of the match, it basically just became Dante versus Omega. Uh, Omega put him up for the one-winged angel, and he basically flipped out of it and hit a Pele kick. Um, he nailed uh, Dante with a V-trigger and went for like the J-driller, but uh Dante rolled through it. Dante Martin just again looked like an yeah. absolute stud here and the crowd was going Oh, they were eating him. it up, dude, which was is amazing. So for a guy who again, the vast majority of the AEW audience did not know until last year uh to now like you love to see it personally. Yeah, 100%. Um but obviously I don't think anybody expected them to win. Yeah. Yeah. Uh right. and so uh, the BTE like V trigger combo gets nailed on Dante. They and they they pin him and he dies. But uh, what a performance here! And I don't think the crowds are going to forget this. Um, so really cool moment for him, I feel. And also the Seidel brothers are always entertaining. Um, so I, from what I saw, this is a really fun opening match. 
Yeah, hundred um, percent. And dude, and this guy is twenty years old. Like, like, yeah, like he's younger than you, Pat. He is younger than me. You're right. <laughs> and like the fact that he's like on this big stage, like on you know on television and in front of a crowd, and he's like so over it, which you know really really says a lot. Like especially from like no one knew like no one knew who Dante Martin was. You know what I mean? Like. I had no idea who Dante Martin was. I mean, like, unless, like, did he come from the indies? Um, I'm assuming so, yeah. Okay, so, like, if you're, like, a huge indie guy, like, follower, you probably know who Dante Martin is, right? Maybe not even then. Um, But, yeah, before that, no clue who he was. And the fact that he's, like, has this spotlight with Kenny Omega is probably, like, amazing for him. Yeah, I agree 100%. I feel like he's again. He hasn't really done too much on TV since um, his brother got injured, but mm-hmm. and I have no idea what his timeline is for returning. But yeah, I feel like it's been a, a while. Yeah, this was definitely uh, again a good way to just like keep him fresh in like the audience's mind. Yeah. So whenever um, Darius is ready, um, then I would say you know, uh, hopefully crowds react a bit more to them. Yeah. Agreed. So. Um. Anyway, as uh, as the match ends, Tony Schiavone comes down. Don takes the mic away and starts to talk. Um, and he basically starts saying that he's out here with the greatest tag team in history, referring to the Bucks. Christian's music hits, and then Christian comes out. And uh, Jurassic Express then comes out, and then it goes to commercial before we come back for this actual segment here. Um, but at this point, I think most people knew what was happening. Uh, we officially find out that Christian is getting a shot for the AW championship against Omega at all out. Right. Um, and then uh, Don basically puts him over saying that he's great. He's a hell of a wrestler and he's a ring general um, and that he has one of the best finishers he's ever seen, but that he can't wait for Kenny to kick out of it. Um, and, uh, Christian says that he talked to Tony and he also talked to Scott DeMore, uh, obviously head of impact. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's revealed that Christian will be challenging Kenny Omega for the impact world championship this Friday on rampage. And that is the opening match of the show. Um, and obviously Kenny's still defending the AEW title against Christian mm-hmm. at all out. So that's two, uh, world title matches that Omega's having with Christian for two separate world titles in the span of like three weeks. Yeah. Um, what do you, uh, what do you think about that? Um, I think, I think this was the right, the right move. Um, this really helps out impact a lot, you know, you know, a lot of people are like, uh, when this all happened, like, what does impact get out of this? Like, you know what I mean? Like the people are always saying that, but like, I think it's pretty clear what impact has gotten out of this. Like they've definitely gotten a lot out of this like relationship with AEW, uh, for sure. Um, and I think this, uh, would like makes the like impact faithful want to tune in to see like Christian, like Christian cage, like X impact champion. You know what I mean? Like possibly take the title from Omega and then, you know, possibly be on impact. Yeah. hundred um, percent. And they'd probably just love to see him back. So, you know, I think this puts more eyes, uh, on, uh, on rampage and, you know, has, uh, Impact hopefuls or impact faithfuls be very hopeful that uh, they can get the title back and on a for, for you know on a former champion. Yeah, I also think it's definitely as I said to you and Ryan in our group chat, um, them doing 
like the impact title match this close to the pay-per-view when they're facing again. Mm -hmm. I feel like it definitely adds some intrigue. I also still don't know if Christian's going to officially wrestle Kenny at the pay-per-view. They could do a big angle on rampage where like they do an injury angle to take him out and somebody else comes in for that match. Um, I feel like this only adds like more intrigue to this whole situation. So definitely good because I feel like if it was just, they just, if tonight they just announced Christian's facing Kenny at all out, it would be kind of a disappointment, but this extra wrinkle, I feel like, adds a bit more intrigue to the whole situation. Yeah, yeah, I agree, because it, like, has you, like, wondering, like, what's going to happen. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like... 100%. Uh, is Christian going to lose twice? Is Omega going to lose the Impact title? Like, or, like, you know, Omega shouldn't lose so soon? Like, it, it gives you a bunch of whole, like, you know, different scenarios, you know? Agreed. And it's also worth mentioning that uh, Kenny is also wrestling Andrade this Saturday for the AAA title mm-hmm. that he has, so... Um, very interesting. Uh, we also find out that Jurassic Express will be challenging the Young Bucks next week for the AW World Tag Team Championships. Mm-hmm. Um, and the crowd starts singing to Jungle Boy's theme song, and Kenny stops the music to see if they're singing the song or if they're <laughs> go- going. Uh, n- I don't even know how he did it. Like, no, Kenny, Kenny in this role is just very funny, always. dude. And it's and honestly, what added to this was just like the close up, the camera angle close up. 100% saying this was like, oh my god, this 100%. Is um, yeah, so that should be exciting. The Bucks versus Jurassic Express should be very good next week. On down 100%. I mean, they've they've like tore it down every time they faced each other in the past, so yeah, exactly. Um, we got a Malachi Black vignette um, where he basically talks about that he's kind of like a god. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, this was a really good promo, honestly. Do you think he wrestles at All Out? Um, I think he will. Who do you um, think he faces? Or is, I feel like it's too soon to do a Cody rematch. Uh, honestly, uh... I can't think of anybody. What, when's All Out? All out September September fifth. September fifth. Um I don't know. He could wrestle debuting Murphy. That would be interesting. Um, although I feel like they'd be together to be honest, based off the like the promo footage. Yeah, the House of Black. Yeah. I mean yeah. he could like just introduce yeah, you could just introduce him. Yeah, that's true. Um I have no idea, but I'd be interested to see. I, I feel like he should be he should have some presence at the show. Yeah, I mean, I think 100% he will. Um, yeah. But, um, yeah, this was a really good promo, honestly. And it, like, shows that, like, you know, Black with creative freedom is just, like, 10 times better. 100%. Um, if, 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 like, Darby didn't have Sting with him, I feel like if they're going to do Darby versus Punk after that match, you'd have like Malachi show up with Murphy um, and throw down a challenge that way. Mm-hmm. Although if they somehow are able to get Brody King, I mean, he's he's in Ring of Honor, uh, but he seems to be attached to Malachi Black from PWG. So I, right. I have no idea. That's true. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll see where this all goes. Um, anywho, we got a, a commercial for the whatever the Cody Rhodes Brandy Road show is. Uh will you be doing reviews of those weekly, Joey? Mm, I can't say I will. That's a travesty. I can't even say that I'd watch an ep- single episode. <laughs> That's a travesty. To be honest. Um we had a Miro promo where he's talking about how 
uh, he doesn't really have any more challengers, but he's now been told that the person who's facing him at Rampage uh, is facing him in exchange for if he's able to basically beat Miro, he gets a contract and is revealed to be Fuego Del Sol. So uh, Rip Rip Fuego. Yeah, poor guy. Um, Definitely, he's not going to get his uh, contract from Miro, that's for sure. Uh yeah, 100%. Um we get a uh, a little promo from Daniel Garcia where he says that he could have beaten Darby Allen by himself and tonight he's going to finish the job. Uh and then we get 2.0 calling Sting out and telling him to watch his ass. Uh so uh what a what a glow up for 2.0 being released from NXT and now they're feuding with fucking Sting. <laughs> Dude, good for them, honestly. I didn't even know who the hell they were. In, like, I knew they were Ever-Rise, right? But, yeah. Like, I never seen a single match or even, like, seen, like, who they really were in WWE at all. So, this is kind of crazy. And um, I didn't know that Juice Robinson joined uh, 2.0. Yeah. Right do, you, now. Do, do you want to share your thoughts that the, that Dude, the one guy looks like Juice Robinson? Does. Thank you, right? Like, and just not even look like him, but like his mechanics and stuff. It just like kind of like acts like him in a way. It's really weird. It's really weird. I don't I even can, know his I name. Can, yeah, I don't know which one it is. I'm going to be honest, but <laughs> I didn't see it really until you sent the text tonight and then I couldn't unsee it. Uh, right? So, so thanks. That's what I'm saying, dude. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, anyway, we get Daniel Garcia versus Darby Allen. Um, I really like this Daniel Garcia guy. Yeah, um, Red Death. I think he's pretty. Yeah, Red Death is a cool nickname. Um, but pretty good stuff here. Um, the two point uh, are in his corner and just are being uh, the annoying characters that they are. Mm-hmm. Um, but Darby obviously is going to win this, and Darby does indeed win this. Yeah. Um, and after the match, two attack Darby, and then Sting fights him off. Darby gets into it. Um, and we get Sting hitting a suplex on the ramp on one of them. Um, and uh, we officially get the announcement that Darby Allen and Sting will be wrestling next week on Dynamite against 2.0. Crazy. If I was them, I would be so happy for this. That is so right? cool. Like, that's huge, like, in their careers. Honestly. Um, we get a promo backstage from Death Triangle. Um, Phoenix asks Pac if he's seen what Andrade's been doing uh, on Dynamite. And says that they need to do something about it. Penta says uh, stuff in Spanish, and uh, Alex is going to translate it. But bastard—not bastard. Pac says he understands, and uh, he says that the Lucha Brothers need to focus on the tag titles that they rightfully deserve, while Pac fo- uh, focuses on Andrade. And he lays out a challenge for All Out, and uh, I would say that's pretty exciting. Yeah, that would be really good. The prospect of getting Pac versus Andrade and the Lucha Brothers versus either the Young Bucks or Jurassic Express, most likely the Young Bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. V- two very, very uh, fun matches, I would say, that would get added to the all-out card. Yeah, 100%. I mean, like, yeah, those would be great, honestly. Yeah, I don't think anybody in their right mind would pass that up. No, 100% not. Uh, after this, we get uh, another trios match. The best friends, Chuck Taylor, Orange Cassidy, and Wheeler Yuta versus the Hardy Family Office, Isaiah Cassidy, Mark Quinn, and Matt Hardy. Um, this is your pretty standard like middle-of-the-show six-man tag match. Nothing too special. I'm always excited to see Isaiah Cassidy 
uh, do like high flying maneuvers and then do his like high pitched squealing that he does. Um, that's <laughs> always that, that always gets a reaction out of me because it's just so bizarre and over the top. Yeah. We experienced that in person. Remember? We did, we did yeah. back in, in 2019 yeah. when we saw a private party wrestle in Philly. That, wasn't that their like second ever show? I was the second ever Dynamite, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, Dynamite. No, I think it was third. Televised. I think it was third. third I think it was the third, third Dynamite. Dynamite. Okay. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was main evented by Chris Jericho versus Darby Allen in a street fight. Yeah. For the title, right? For the I AEW believe title. so. Yeah. I believe so. Um. So, yeah, we also got to see. I think it was Hangman Page and Kenny versus Moxley and Pac. Yes, it was. So, uh, yeah. Some interesting matches on that show. Hell yeah. Um, I really like Wheeler Yuta. I think he's a good fit um, with the best friends. Um, uh, they're always just entertaining. Chuck Taylor's always a blast in ring, and Orange Cassidy's great. Um, but Wheeler Yuta was clearly the guy in this match that could take a pin, and Matt pinned him with the twist of fate. Yeah. So, um, made sense. I yeah. wonder if they're uh, like Matt. Like, I don't know what Matt's going to do at the pay per view, but it feels like he's yeah, been his, prominent on TV. He's got like one. I think he's got like one of the biggest factions right now. Like, yeah, like size wise. Yeah, 100% like, he does. Like, in, in wrestling, he like, has, he has, he has, three, he has himself, three tag teams, and a female <laughs> in his group. Like, Jesus. You know, honestly, I got to give it to Matt Hardy. Um, he, I think he's doing some of his best work since coming to AEW. Yeah, um, Big Money Matt's always in an and it's it, yeah, it's really you know it's really impressive how he's stayed relevant throughout the years and how he's you know like reshuffled his character to stay relevant. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think Hardy is just like yeah, he's he's probably gonna go one and down, go down as like one of the greatest to ever do it. Honestly, hundred percent. Um, do you see Matt wrestling at the pay-per-view or do you see him not on the show? Personally, I would say no, just cause I have no idea who we would face. Yeah. Unless they do would... Matt versus orange Cassidy, which is a possibility. I mean, they can just do like a huge, like, uh, family office versus, I don't know, best friends and more people, <laughs> best friends and more people. Brilliant. Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't really know. It, right now, he doesn't fit on there yet. Yeah, we still have three weeks to the show, so there's time. They want to put him on a pre-show or something. True. <laughs> um, we have a promo from uh, Andrade and Chavo backstage, um, and basically they accept Pac's challenge, so Andrade versus Pac for All Out seems to be official, so uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, that is very exciting. Um, we get a brief little promo from uh, Santana and Ortiz, and uh, we officially see the footage of how uh, Cash Wheeler's arm got cut open. And Jesus Christ, that looks so fucking painful! Oh my god, his I mean... arm just like he was like tossed over like the the turnbuckle, I guess, and like his arm came down and just like got like pinched. Oh. The like, but, like seeing the skin that, was so stretched out, and then yeah, that and the was fact disgusting. That, that what probably happened was the skin snapped because that's how he started bleeding, and that's just kind of really disgusting to to even think about. <laughs> uh yeah, you're you're not wrong at all. God, that like you said, that must have been so painful. <laughs> I agree. Um, but thankfully, it's nothing like too serious. Yeah. Um, and then after this, we have Chris Statlander versus Nyla Rose. Uh, Vicky tries to get involved multiple times, um, but uh, we have, uh, I think, our, was all of the best friends out here? No, it was just uh, Orange Cassidy. 
Okay. Um, so uh, basically, he um, he's out there, and him and Vicky interact. Um, this honestly came like like this was like a, a shot. I wasn't shocked that Statlander won. I figured she was going to win, but the the way she won this, this was like really quick. Yeah, um, I agree. and like dominant, and, like, like yeah, and like how the like, commentary like was like shocked too. So like it was, a, it was yeah. a good moment. You know, the crowd was like shocked as well. So like it was a good Agreed. moment for her. Um, yeah. So I'm assuming this is going to set up 100% Statlander versus Brit for the pay per view. Yeah, which will be great. Yeah, I'm a fan of that, and it makes me happy that they're not doing Thunder Rosa versus Britt yet. I think they should w- keep waiting on that again. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, but Chris versus uh, Britt should be good, so I'm, I'm all for that. Um, we're backstage, and we see the Young Bucks, uh, and uh, I don't even know how it <laughs> happened, but what, what were they talking about? How it was a foul or something? Oh, wait, you did you were you watch this part? No, I was on the phone with my father. Oh, uh, so well, I like okay. I just heard this in the background. So they were just like had their bas they had basketballs and they were dribbling and they were just, you know, talking about uh you know, their match and stuff next week with uh Jurassic Express. And then like they were like, It's gonna be and when we beat you, it's gonna be easier than a layup. And then uh I think it was Nick went to go like shoot a layup and then um what's his name luchasaurus came in out of nowhere and blocked the shot and then <laughs> and then jungle boy stole the ball and then dunked it and then <laughs> luchasaurus stood over one of the books and um and he was just like rah and then they walked away oh okay so yeah uh sure why not keep it up with the basketball promo <laughs> indeed uh, so I also missed this Britt Baker uh, promo in the ring, but from what I saw, it was just your your standard Britt Baker thing, and then Red Velvet came out. Uh, dude, she, the crowd was so hot for uh, for uh, Britt Baker. Like, as they were, as one like, would assume, insane with it, dude. With it being Pittsburgh, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously, but like, it's just crazy to just to see how like far Britt Baker has come. Yeah. And the uh, reaction. Agreed, 100%. So, I mean, I thought this was a really good segment for for the women's division. Um, and I feel like you know, women's division isn't perfect, obviously, but like they have their you know moments where it shows like like you know promising, uh, in, like in the right direction. Agreed. Um, but yeah, they did like yeah, her and Revelva did like a little brawl, and uh, you know, unfortunately, she's gonna you know, Red Velvet's gonna get some heel heat. Because it's Pittsburgh, and they were like already kind of booing Red Velvet yeah. because they love Brits. So, I mean, that's nothing. That's nothing, you know. Agreed. That's not um, Red Velvet's fault. <laughs> so no. that should be fine. And uh, they did officially announce that Brit and Red Velvet are main eventing Rampage this Friday. So the opening match, the opening match, the Impact Title Christian versus Omega. They're doing Fuego versus Mira, which will be a squash. And then Brit versus Red Velvet is main eventing. So you're getting all three of those title matches in an hour. Um, so pretty cool. Yeah, that is cool. And this is will be the second time uh, the women... Uh, main event? Yeah, the first time event? was Brit and so, Thunder Rosa. Very cool, honestly. After this, we get the... Or sorry, we get a, a brief little video package uh, for Ricky Starks and Brian Cage's feud. Um, Ryan is now under the assumption that we're getting another match between these two at the pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, do you share that same mindset? Uh, probably. I mean, it's either that or, yeah, I mean, it's probably that, honestly. They're probably gonna, they can do it there. They can also do it on that rampage before at the United Center. 
Um, yeah, they have or the Dynamite in Chicago. They have three Chicago shows that they need matches for. So or we could just have Hook. That's we, true. We just need Hook. I'm just waiting for him to debut in the ring. Yeah, it needs to happen already. Um, after this, we have Evil Uno and Stu Grayson versus the Good Brothers for the Impact World Tag Team Championship. Uh, Scott's on commentary, so pretty cool that he got to make an appearance here. Mm-hmm. Um, and notable, uh, the only member of Dark Order to come out with them was Colt Cabana. Yeah, and the commentary uh, pretty much, uh, you know, um, talked about this. Um, and because some, you know, have different feelings about the whole Adam, uh, Adam Page situation about, you know, whether or not uh, Hangman needs space or not. So, like, it seems like half of Dark Order thinks he does and the other half doesn't think he does. So, yeah. Um, very interesting direction. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see exactly how this plays out. Me too. Um, I think it's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm interested to see what Dark Order does for the pay-per-view as well. Again, the fact that we're three weeks out and we still don't have, like, a card for this, it, it is interesting. Not, like, in a bad way or anything. It's just, mm-hmm. uh, it's still, like, unpredictable as to what the whole card's going to be. Yeah. Um, which I think is pretty fun. Um, 100%. So. Uh, yeah. Um, anywho, we get this tag team title match. Wasn't honestly wasn't anything that special to me. Um, the crowd was pretty dead for this compared to everything else on the show, yeah. um, which I found interesting because I feel like everybody likes the Dark Order. Um, I'm assuming it's because it was the Impact Tag Titles and it's the Good Brothers, and I feel like <laughs> audiences don't really care for them that much. Yeah, that's right, there. Um, Kazarian uh, came down to stop interference from Brandon Cutler. Um, there was Brad a couple for that, <laughs> yeah, and there was a couple near falls towards the end, uh, with the dark order that the crowd got into. Um, mm-hmm. but eventually they hit a magic killer on Grayson and they retained, and uh, yeah, that was that. Yeah, I kind of figured that they would. Uh, we got a video package for Camille, um, basically explaining who she is, uh, to explain who Layla Hirsch is facing since she won that match against Allie last week mm-hmm. uh, for the NWA Women's World Championship. And we go down to the ring, and Tony Schiavone has QT Marshall and <laughs> Aaron Solo in the ring. Oh, Jesus fucking Christ. And this is... QT is there basically saying that he... This whole segment was that QT was going to be apologizing to Tony. But then QT says that Tony should be the one apologizing to him. Oh, my God. I, I don't even care. Um, they, they bring in Chris Schiavone... Yeah, um, Tony's son. Tony's it's son. Nick to be a wrestler. Nick, Nick Camarado brings him in. Um, and they beat and him up. <laughs> they beat him up until Tony apologizes, and then he nails him with the diamond cutter. And then Paul White comes out, and uh, as Paul's entering the ring, QT throws Aaron Solo at him, uh, and then he chokeslams Aaron. So uh, I'm assuming we're getting QT versus... Paul White, either at the pay-per-view or just like yeah, on an episode of Rampage. A, it could just be a one-off thing. Because uh, commentary I, did point out that, uh, you know, you know him and him and uh, Tony, him and Tony uh, are, do dark together. Uh, yeah, dark elevation. So it, it could have been just like making the save, you know, two friends. I do. Yeah, I... 
I don't care about seeing Paul White wrestle QT Marshall. Yeah. As I texted last time you, you've seen no QT's been on TV, right? Recently? Uh, yeah. It, it was he... like yeah, I think he was on TV like two weeks ago. Okay, that's when he did the whole thing to yeah. Tony. Okay. Um yeah, I, I don't care about this. This is QT Marshall and the factory are a bunch of losers on TV. Yeah, I don't really uh, care about them at all. I'm I'm over them. So just have Paul White squash him, and then as I said to you guys, give me Paul White versus Lance Archer. That would be great. Um. Yeah. Honestly, I wouldn't. To be fair, if it was like you know like a, like a, like you said like a little squash match to you know kind of like a filler at all out, I wouldn't be I wouldn't mind it. I guess I still just don't care. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, um, I don't care regardless. Just... Yeah, uh, we get a uh, a brief recap of Joey Janela turning on Sunny Kiss on AEW Dark. Mm-hmm. Um, Goddamn heel! Joey tweeted out that he has some uh, some surprises and that the bad boys back. So I'm assuming Janela is going to be returning to Dynamite soon. Okay. Um, so that's I know cool. What those surprises are no idea. Um. And then Jericho versus Wardlow. The fourth labor of Jericho is the main event. Um, and this is basically just Wardlow murdering Jericho for the majority of this match. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jericho occasionally gets some offense in, but for the most part, absolutely not. Um, commentary starts counting the suplexes he hits, or not suplex, uh, power bombs, I should say. Um, and uh, he eventually hits the F10. Um but doesn't cover um, uh, just wanting to, as commentary says, just basically wanting to continue to beat down yeah. Jericho so that if he does manage to win, MJF doesn't have a challenge. Uh, Jericho eventually slips in the walls. Uh, Jericho uh, then gets hit by like MJF basically attacking him from the outside since he's there. Um, he tries to get in the ring to give uh, Wardlow the diamond ring. Aubrey catches him and throws him out. And as he's being thrown out, Jericho gets the baseball bat, hits Wardlow, and then slams him with the Judas effect and mm-hmm. pins Wardlow to move on to MJF. Um, Sean Spears comes down and attacks Jericho. Sammy makes the save. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Wardlow gets back involved. MJF puts the salt of the earth on Jericho and he taps out. Then Jake Hager comes in. Uh, and so MJF starts running away and he gets on the mic and says that Jericho might have won the match here and earned another shot at him for the rematch, but he hasn't heard the stipulation. Next week, Jericho cannot use the Judas effect. He cannot use the Judas theme song. Uh, he's stripping him of his identity. And uh, if he does hit the Judas effect on MJF, it's an automatic victory for Max. Yeah, I can't wait for the crowd to just sing the song. Uh, yeah, I agree. That would be impressive. <laughs> I still find it weird that this is happening on TV. Um, as I mentioned to you guys, I feel like this was a match that I feel like most people expected to be on the pay-per-view. Yeah. Like, rightfully so. Um, what do you see the outcome of this being? Um, I think MJF's gonna win. Okay. Um, and... So remember, they've already had one match before, and MJF won. Oh, that is true, yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, at the same time, like, maybe Jericho's going to take a break, you know? Maybe uh, they can write him off for a while. Maybe they can do something, like, surprising and, like, not make it a squash match, but, like, have, like, MJF win, like, like in a dominant fashion. You know what I mean? Like, Agreed, yeah. Just, like, shock everyone, you know? It just shows, like, you know, Jericho went through all these late, like, 
tough labors just to, you know, lose to MJF, like, in, like, you know, a dominated, like, fashion. So, I mean, he, he could possibly take time off. Uh, I don't think he's going to retire. Like, I don't... No, like, I, know, I don't I know. Yeah, like, I know Ryan said, like, he wanted his last match to be Lance Storm and stuff like that, but I don't think that's anytime soon. Like, I don't think he's going to retire anytime soon. I mean, I think he's, like, pretty, you know... I, I mean, I don't know his plans, obviously. I don't know him, but I just don't think he's ready to retire. No, I don't think seem, it's It just doesn't yet. seem like that to me. Like, it doesn't seem like he's going into that direction. Agreed. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if Jericho wins and they, they do, like, a third match at the pay-per-view, but at that same time, they already have, like, Again, this could change, but they have Omega versus Christian announced for Rampage and the pay-per-view. So if they were Mm -hmm. to do two matches that are basically just back-to-back rematches, it would feel kind of weird for AEW. So I hope they don't go that route. Yeah. Um, Honestly, that would be weird with the whole labor thing, too. It's like, okay, Jericho, you went through all these labors and uh, you beat me, but hey, I want a rematch. Yeah. (laughs) So I have no idea. Um, It's definitely going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Or Jericho would just be like, I'm going to put you through five labors now. Or oh, four God. labors now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that was the show. Uh, and then they announced next week's card, which is Darby Allen and Sting versus 2.0, MJF versus Jericho, the Bucks versus Jurassic Express for the tag titles, um, and Sean Spears versus Sammy Guevara. And Sammy Guevara also has an announcement on that show. Major announcement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we also know that Dan Lambert is showing up with two, as, as Tony Khan announced on Busted Open Radio today. Uh, two former UFC champions will be accompanying Dan Lambert to Dynamite next week as he sets his sight on Lance Archer. Yeah, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, I who that could be. No idea. And I'm also interested in... Um, I'm interested in who exactly... Like, is Lance going to have a, another person with him or, or what? Um. Yeah. Because if it's two champion, two UFC champions, I would assume he would need another person. Very, very uh, agree with you a lot. Maybe it's going to be Brock. <laughs> oh my god, that'd be that'd be something. That'd be that quite a surprise. Be <laughs> that would be that'd be interesting. I don't um, know who who they could be. Like I don't really. No I'm idea. not a big MMA guy. So I don't really know. No, I and, only know like certain names. The fact that but... yeah, the fact that Tony said UFC champions, I was like, I was kind of expecting it to at this point be like Filthy Tom Lawler since he's in uh, New Japan. Technically, yeah, he's in MLW. I don't, think he's but... a, I don't think he was ever a UFC. Champion. No, he's he's not. Um, yeah. As far as I'm aware, I can double check real quick. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Lawler championships. Yeah, he's actually. Uh, they gave him all of. Uh, Conor McGregor's champions. Um, has he even been in the UFC? <laughs> uh, championships and accomplishments. Uh, oh, he has been. In, he has been in UFC before. Um, okay, but I don't think he's won any titles. No, he hasn't. Um, okay. Yeah, uh, he's won a couple like awards, but no, uh, no actual championships. Right. No. So. Um, yeah, I have no idea, honestly. I'm not too well versed in MMA either, so I'm kind of out of the loop here of who this could be, but uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm happy to get Dan Lambert back on TV because the guy's very entertaining as a heel, yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway, that was AEW tonight, so uh, I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. Uh, pretty entertaining show. Um, no, no real issues for me. Um, and I definitely think they uh, are heading in some intriguing directions for the pay per view. 
I agree. Um, I'll also give it a thumbs up, and um, I'm really gonna be uh, really curious of how they're gonna do with the ratings. Uh, yeah, agreed, 100. percent Especially because this show didn't really have any like huge matches compared to the past couple weeks. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see. Um, Rampage is on Friday. I'm assuming since we're probably gonna do a review for uh, Resurgence, we'll probably talk about whatever happens on Rampage on that show. So if you want to hear what we think about Rampage, be sure to join us this weekend for our coverage of New Japan Resurgence. And in case you are out of the loop of that show, the card for that is Alex Coglin versus Carl Fredericks, Fred mm-hmm. Rosser, uh, the formerly known as Darren Young, uh, Rocky Romero, and Wheeler Utah versus TJP, Clark Connors, and Ren Narita. Uh, John Moxley and a mystery opponent versus the Good Brothers. Jay White versus David Finley for the Never Openweight Championship. Jake mm-hmm. Roberts, or not Jake Roberts, sorry, Lance Archer. <laughs> Please? <laughs> on Wikipedia, it's listed as Lance Archer with Jake Roberts. So I'm assuming, I guess Jake might be on the show. Uh, versus, okay. I mean, versus, that makes sense. Yeah. As uh, his manager. Lance versus uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi for the IWGP United States Championship. Mm-hmm. Um. And then uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Moose in a special singles match. Very excited for that. Um, and then we have a 10-man ten, ten, uh, tag match, Team Filthy, which is Tom Lawler, J.R. Kratos, Danny Limelight, Jarrell Nelson, and Royce Isaacs versus Leo Rush, Fred Yehai, Yuya Yamura, making his uh, first appearance on his um, uh, excursion in North mm-hmm. America, and Violence Unlimited, which is Brody King and Chris Dickinson from Ring of Honor. So that is the card for that pay-per-view. Um, and it is this Saturday, uh, August 14th, and I believe it's going to be on Fight TV. So, um, or Fight TV, and I'm assuming on New Japan World as well. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for that. Um, it's been a minute since I saw a New Japan show. Uh, yeah, I watched the Wrestle Grand Slam show they did, and I just uh, want to forget about the ending with uh, <laughs> Evil coming out to challenge Shingo and how awkward yeah. that was. So, uh, I am excited for this. This looks like a very solid show. Uh, Ishii versus Moose should be great. That 10 man looks fun. I'm interested in Moxley's partner if it's going to be Eddie Kingston. Um, and yeah, I agree 100%. I hope everybody uh, likes the the clock in the background. It is officially ten fifty nine. It goes off one minute early. So uh, wow, there you go. Uh, anyways, thank you for joining us for another episode of the AW Dynamic Dynamite Review. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you enjoyed it. Subscribe uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at Deep Six Wrestling without the G. And we'll talk to you guys next time. Peace.